Vermont is a state of endless adventure. Whether from a mountaintop, a secluded lake, a vibrant downtown, or in the music that reverberates through its hills. Knowing we can't all be together in this moment, Vermont tourism is bringing the spirit of the state to you. Introducing Forever Green, a Vermont adventure in music. Bringing local bands and national artists with an affinity for the Green Mountain State directly to you. Join Taj Mahal, Susan Tedeschi, and Derek Trucks, Grace Potter, Lucius, Twiddle, Noah Kahan, Nico Case, and many more. The adventure kicks off December 26th and continues into 2021 with five episodes all streamed live. For the full lineup and dates, head to forevergreenvt.com. Let Vermont be your holiday season soundtrack, your opera ski jam session, or the relaxing vibe your downtime deserves. That's forevergreenvt.com. How do you sum up just the amount of raw emotion on offer here today? What a race this was. Probably the best Italian Grand Prix in so many years. Hell, probably the best Grand Prix I've watched in a long, long time. Welcome, folks, to Pitch the Podium and also on the Inside Line Formula One podcast. It's myself, Salman Arora, here, and I've got Kunal Shah here with me, as always. And today we are going to do the impossible. Try to sum up this dramatic masterpiece that was the Italian Grand Prix. And today my heart feels so warm because after all the hardships and difficulties and all the lows that Pierre Gasly came up to, today he's a Grand Prix winner, Gunal. Yes. Hi, guys. Hi, Samuel. It's a, it's a very tough race to actually, you know, summarize. You know, when, when the going goes uh, mad, the mad get going and that's literally what happened. And uh, I'll put it this way, you know, when I was, you know, summarizing notes from the race, discussing it with you, and I asked myself, was this really a great race? And the answer yeah. was actually, it's yeah. not, it wasn't a great race. It's just a great result exactly. for Formula One. Because, you know, for the first time since 2014, we've had a non-Mercedes, non-Ferrari, non-Red uh, Bull podium. And of course, like you said, Pierre Gasly, it is so heartwarming to see him win a Formula One Grand Prix. After all that he's been through in the last year, it just makes you feel so good. But apart from Pierre Gasly as well, there were so many big results that we have to analyze. And we'll get down to that. But before we get to all of that, folks, we have this thing called the pits to podium moment here at P2P. We generally tend to pick out one favorite moment of the race. Now, there are, we're actually pleased to quite a few of them for the first time. Because normally this season, apart from a few couple of races here and there, we have had some absolute stinkers. But what can we say about this one? We just have so many moments to choose from. So, Kunal, I'm going to put you in a bit of a spot. What is your pitch the podium moment for today? It's a tough one. The funny one would be Kevin Magnussen giving uh, us the red flag opportunity. Okay. Uh, but I would say I have a podium to pitch moment that literally <laughs> just happened. Okay. Which was Lewis Hamilton uh, pitting, uh, you know, when the, the pit lane was shut. Of course, I expect a lot of controversy to build up, uh, you know, in the next uh, 48 hours around this issue because Mercedes will say, okay, we didn't get this. And Lewis will say, I couldn't see the lights. And of course, you know, lots of opinions will come out. But the truth is that, you know, Mercedes's robust race operations finally had one small silly error 
that cost them a yeah. very comfortable race win. And that to me is my podium to pits moment for the 2020 Italian Grand Prix. That's some excellent wordplay, right? <laughs> Completely <laughs> nailing it down. But yeah, Mercedes, they never slip up. They never make a mistake like this one. But yeah, some days you just have an off day like this. And actually, this sparks up a very controversial question that we shall answer later on about whether the lights were visible or not, whether the penalty was deserved or not. One thing we can say is Hamilton was furious. He was agitated. We saw him say a lot of explicative words that we tend to avoid here on Pitch the Podium. And we saw him vent out his aggression. But in the end, folks, there was a good catch about that because Lewis Hamilton, in the end, salvaged a very good result and ended up finishing in P number seven. So we shall come down to that much later about the championship challenge and what this means for that. But Kunal, the first question that anyone who's missed the race is bound to ask, how on earth did Pierre Gasly win in an Alfa Tauri? This team never comes close to the podium. But last year, they salvaged <laughs> two podiums. This year, they've gone all Kawabunga mode. And after 10, no, not even 10 years, 12 years, they've won a race. And that were the same circuit that they did for the first time. Yes, their love affair with Monza continues, okay. And, uh, you know, 2008 Monza, you know, brilliant memories for all of yeah. us. I don't know how old you were then. That was my first th- race ever. 2008 <laughs> Monza was the first race I ever followed, five years alone. Lovely memories. Well, 2020 Monza was my daughter's first race ever. Yeah. Okay, so I, I had the pleasure of holding uh, her in my arms and, you know, trying to get her to see it. I'm just kidding. You know, she was just around and uh, trying to absorb uh, the Formula One atmosphere that, you know, usually she, she lives used at home. Yeah. She get used to it. <laughs> but how did Pierre Gasly win it? You know, firstly, Samuel, uh, you know, you and I in the, pre, uh, in the pre-race uh, video, the, the, the race review video that we do, we actually spoke about how Gasly has hit fantastic momentum. Mm. Okay. And, you know, it was, it's great to see that momentum that he's had in 2020 be rewarded with a race win. Yeah. Especially after the, you know, the, the roller coaster 12 months he's had with Red Bull demotion, with his house burglary and so on. Yeah. And frankly, he just won by, you know, not making a pit stop when everyone else did. And then using the, the rule that allows drivers to make a free stop under the red flag restart. And that's how he ended up winning. He pulled away. He built a consistent uh, gap. And then, you know, when Carlos Sainz came coming, uh, you know, came chasing, Carlos was, of course, a few laps a little later. But Gasly drove the wheels off his gas mobile to make sure he finishes ahead. And we have to credit him for that one. Because although you may be saying, yeah, it may be just a fluke. Mercedes don't always falter. You don't get a free pitch stop on the red flags every time, given that. Agreed. That doesn't always happen. But the way Pierre Gasly defended in those final laps, Carlos Sainz was a charging, prancing horse. Sorry about that terrible pun. But Carlos Sainz <laughs> was coming and he was coming fast. But Gasly defended. Gasly defended incredibly well. Although there still was a big gap between him and Carlos Sainz while finishing, as Kunali rightly pointed out, he drove the wheels of those gas mobiles. An amazing drive by Pierre Gasly. You have to have to credit him for that. But the interesting point is, the revolving door around Red Bull has made a lot of people come and go. And interestingly, it's not Ricciardo, it's not Sainz, it's not Albon. It's the man who got demoted who's actually won the race first out of those three guys since that demotion happened. Bizarre. You know, and Pierre Gasly could very well become the first driver who gets a recall 
to yeah. the Red Bull Racing A team to be alongside Max Verstappen and and the likes. And I think that in itself would be the best reward for you know the the momentum Absolutely. that we just spoke about that he's carried. And let let's also remember Lance Stroll actually started the race on pole at the restart. Okay, yeah. so it, it it wasn't that Gasly just got lucky. He he you know yeah, he of course got lucky. It, yeah. yeah, he had to fight for it. He made the most of his luck, and he made the most of his talent uh, today. I would say. Absolutely, and I think Gasly probably would be the first French winner. in a long time it's it's been a while since that country has produced a credible grand prix winner and you may say that this one wasn't exactly the most credible of wins but it's coming you get a feeling that gasly with the kind of momentum he's on he's just riding the wave and he's soon going to be right at the very top and you have to feel for him what a man but we actually have to get to stroll as well because lance stroll could have defined this race as well it could have been the canadian driver's first ever grand prix win and in fact racing points first ever win as well in fact even force india so so i mean if you still consider them to be a same team but still it didn't happen in the end canal as you mentioned stroll had pole position on the second restart but perhaps that lock up that he made while trying to pass kimi raikkonen early on and then all the drama that ensued just didn't really play out in his favor yeah and you know at the end of the day while they'll be happy with the podium they should be unhappy that they couldn't go and win hmm. because this was that one race that pretty much every midfield team and driver uh, keeps hoping for to happen you know once in a decade twice yep. in a decade where you are able to go and score a big result and you know starting p1 with the 2019 mercedes design philosophy with the mercedes engine but still not delivering a win will sort of hurt lance stroll all right but uh, nevertheless you know to see a gasly signs and stroll podium in itself is a fantastic result uh, for for formula 1 exactly but canal uh, just diving a bit deeper into racing point very quickly before we move to mclaren is it safe to say that the strategy hasn't worked out because we we saw we thought a barcelona racing point will be there they perhaps will have been number 4 now at the start of the season just looking at the qualifying lap times we thought oh wow these guys are fast you know what they can actually challenge red bull but they're not even doing that right now so what's going on over there is it is it just that this philosophy has backfired perhaps or since ever since that hearing was announced things have just been taking a sharp downhill turn for them so my view is that uh, you know one of the reasons why spa and monza this year haven't really worked in favor of racing point is because of this new philosophy that you know they've gone uh, they've undertaken uh, you know as since we call them the pink mercedes cars right yeah. uh, and the team of course admitted uh, you know in the build up to monza that uh, that this new philosophy is what is taking time for them to sort of understand and is is one of the reasons why they are not as strong as they've historically yeah. been at the circuit so it's just about you know they they put on a new uh, new uh, what do you call it paint on the car and the paint is not looking good for some reason yeah. and and that's uh, it, it's it's just how they are still probably taking time to extract more performance from yeah. the 2019 pink mercedes cars that you know they are racing this season and just goes to show just copying a car isn't yeah. enough to deliver you know uh, great results it's about understanding that design philosophy exactly. and that's what's probably you know taking them uh, time this year Exactly. I I remember only until a couple of years ago I used to sit back and think 
Yeah, but why can't they just copy the other car? I mean, you just have to take a few aerodynamic components and swap it around a little bit here and there. Nah, it's much more serious than that. And Racing Point can attest to that after their experiences from this year. But hey, let's leave the pink Mercedes aside. Let's move to probably their biggest competitors and the biggest challengers for this year. And McLaren have scored 30 points. Now, take your mind back. This isn't 1998, or this isn't 2008 either. It's not even 1988, where you think, oh, 30 points for McLaren. Woohoo, that's a big weekend for them. No, it's 2020. And McLaren are here. I mean, they've got a superb result in the end. P2 and P4, if I'm not mistaken, for Landon Norris. But Kunal, is it a good weekend for them? Because somewhere deep down, they must be thinking, oh man, we could have had a double podium. We could have had Carlos Sainz winning this as well. Well, they, you know, Carlos Sainz said he would have probably been P2 even if this was a regular race, okay? Mm. But given how the whole race order turned around uh, with the timing of the red flag and the restart and so on, I think they would consider themselves lucky to sort of be able to finish second in the, uh, in the race. Great to hear Carlos Sainz's radio message where he said, no, but I need to go chase Pierre exactly. for the win. I, I'm not going to settle for second and, and so on. But the, the, the fact remains that, you know, McLaren was able to make all those overtakes when somebody like a Mercedes were struggling to make those overtakes. Yeah. So, in all, the, as a team, they'd be extremely pleased to score 30 points. It's the maximum of any other team, yeah. uh, you know, at the 2020 Italian Grand Prix. And second and fourth just reminds us of, you know, all the good nostalgic days that, you know, we've seen uh, of, uh, for McLaren. Absolutely. <laughs> I, can imagine, I can imagine the mood at the dinner table now. Zach Brown, Landon Norris and Carlos Sainz. Zach Brown is having the biggest smile on his face. He's wide open. He's got two, all of his teeth chewing. And Carlos Sainz and Landon are thinking, yeah, not a good day for us. But on the whole, uh, for, the, for a team manager, this is the best thing that they could ask for. 30 points, nothing more. But even more so for AlphaTauri's team manager for France Toss, this will be an absolute dream. But all that aside, we've, we've discussed McLaren, we've discussed AlphaTauri, Racing Point, who all of a sudden became the big stars, these three teams here today. But we often tend to speak about Mercedes in great light. Today, not exactly the most favorable day. We have already spoken about what's happened to Mercedes, and we can say that, yeah, the lights were flashing Hamilton should have not come in. Perhaps you could blame the team as well for certain part not informing. But a lapse of concentration. But it's so pleasing to see Lewis Hamilton fight for every single win. Hey, he's still fine. He, he still finished all five, six odd points behind Valtteri Bottas right now. So it's not a major dent in the championship for him too. But just the hunger of this man. It's amazing. It is. And you know, the guys who built the 90th win uh, for Lewis Hamilton, which which was accidentally fired at uh, the qualifying <laughs> session. You know, they'll have to just probably wait one more race. I'm sure Lewis just thinks of this yeah. race as an outlier, you know, that one he should have won, he could have won yeah. because he was comfortably leading. And, uh, you know, I think he, he will also understand why the team called him when they did and, and so on. And, you know, a lot of people have been saying, but, you know, the FIA needs to streamline how they communicate to the teams and oh. stuff. But... For those who don't know, there is something called as a data channel that runs in the paddock, which is available to all the teams in real time and to the media. And that's how I know because I have access to it as well. And the fact is the FIA constantly updates track status on that data channel. And, you know, one fails to understand why Mercedes, you know, would have, you know, I mean, assuming somebody says that 
the information isn't distributed, I, 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 I wouldn't agree with that view because Mercedes would, and of course, have access to that system as well. So it's okay to say that, hey, we made a silly error. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the fact that we brought Lewis in when the pit lane was closed and, and move on. Because at the end of the day, they, they know they have a great car when they're running up front. And yeah. I'm sure the rival teams are, must be, you know, relishing the fact that, you know, when Mercedes is uh, running in the midfield, that they are struggling. And, uh, you know, this is why all the talks about reverse grids and doing whatever they can to put Mercedes in dirty air, uh, you know, will come up in, in the build-up to uh, the next uh, race in Mugello. Special insights, folks. You saw it here on Pits the Podium very first. But yeah, shit happens sometimes. Oh. Uh, did I say that loud? Okay, it's all right. Sometimes it works out, but things happen sometimes. Sometimes you do make errors. Sometimes you do have a lapse in concentration. And for Mercedes, they've essentially got this whole thing wrapped up. So it's all about which driver wins in this case. And oh, okay, it's all right. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And it's their hunger in such situations that makes them the best team in the world. And probably the best in history, I can say. Debatable, of course, but we shall speak about that on a different day. But what really makes me very curious is that when I was watching the first seven odd laps, I thought, oh, Valtteri Bottas, you poor old soul, you've, you've gone a bit too light once again, and all the others have pounced on you, all the others have capitalized. Bottas said it was a puncture, which it wasn't, something to do with the front wing, which it wasn't, then <laughs> something else as well, which it ultimately wasn't <laughs> as well. So there, there, was, there was a whole range of excuses going around, but it was, in the end, just a little bit, too conservative, perhaps, I must say, about Valtteri Bottas. Again, easier said than done. I'm sitting here in a cold, chilled room in Mumbai making these judgments while Bottas is out there doing that. So, full credits to him. It's not as easy as you think it is. But on the whole, Kunal, after that recovery, after Hamilton got the penalty, there was an outlying feeling that, hey, Valtteri Bottas, Hamilton is last. He can grab as many points as he missed after a couple of DNFs in here and there. But, no, it didn't work out that way, did it? It didn't. And it all boils down to the you know fact that uh, Mercedes is... Uh, traditionally not been great in traffic because they've built the fastest cars and they realize they don't need to bother about others <laughs> chasing them. Yeah. So it's, it's again, a, a different design philosophy. Uh, I think Botas, uh, you know, had a, had a bad start and just lost so much forward momentum in the opening uh, couple of laps that he was just going backwards. Yeah. And then he couldn't make a dent because uh, of the fact that, you know, they couldn't change engine mode. So that was another great uh, feeling that, uh, uh, the rule on you know that they've introduced from this weekend, which is to have single engine mode from qualifying to the race. Yeah. I think that in itself, uh, at least again, one race is too little a data point, but it made a bit of a difference, I would say. And uh, all in all, it, it was it was heartening to see that even Mercedes could struggle despite being on such an outright uh, pace uh, circuit. They can. They absolutely can. And now the interesting thing is Bottas has pipped Max Verstappen for P number two in the title. But I've got to ask you this, Kunal. Uh, the races have expanded. We have more of them right now. But can you just feel that perpetual thing of the mid-season coming in and Bottas just losing his grip on the title as he always tends to do, sadly? Well, you know, I'm sure he's trying his best, you know. He is, yeah. He, I think he's, he's, he's been really impressive in qualifying this year, I must say. Yeah. The gap that he's had to Lewis has been so small. It's almost negligible in conditions where, you know, things have been run normally. And uh, like we keep saying, you know, every time he delivers a brilliant lap, Lewis figures how to go that half a tenth <laughs> quicker, okay, and 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 just be be on pole. And 
I think Valtteri's, of course, struggled a lot with his race starts and his opening lap. And that's what has sort of cost him, uh, you know, some good results and has has allowed uh, Max to sort of uh, hmm. uh, sneak in. But, you know, like you said, I expect Mercedes to just remain one to anyway till the yeah. end of the season. I mean, in the, in the drivers' championship. Exactly. And this this rivalry just kind of reminds me of that old 2007 ad that Mercedes had done with Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. And the title was aptly, anything you can do, I can do better. Well, that's Hamilton and Bottas in this year for you. But let's actually go on to one other team, which should have been their competitors, but they aren't. And it was their home race, the first of three home races for them, mind you. It's time for the Ferrari zone. Let's, let's make it a big thing on Pitch the Podium here. Let's speak about them every single time, as we always do. And I kind of have a feeling... Okay, first, let's, let's get the monkey off our back. Thank goodness that Leclerc is all right. Hefty in time, that one, at the exit of Parabolica. First thing, I'll, I'll actually have to ask you, what went wrong there for Charles Leclerc? Was it dirty air? Was it just losing the back end? Was it the AstroTurf? What was it all about? You know, judging by his onboard uh, radio reaction, I think he was just pushing too hard. And uh, we've seen time and again, you know, when you push too hard and uh, especially given the fact that after the restart, he was suddenly running close to the top five, something that he's, he, he probably, un- he was, you know, he didn't expect through the weekend. So yeah. it was just, a, you know, a margin, a small margin of error where he probably went a little over the, the edge of adhesion as he would. Yeah. We saw the back, we saw the back, you know, step out a bit. He tried to correct, and then unfortunately, he got the wall at uh, at uh, the parabolica. You know, but uh, full marks for trying, as he's always uh, had. You know, for Charles, and probably not full marks for trying for Ferrari when it comes to Sebastian Vettel. You know, because to yeah. have a brake lining explored. Uh, you know, I'd love to know in in the next few hours they'll probably release why that happened to Sebastian when it did. You know. I kind of have a conspiracy theory. Having both cars retire is much better than seeing them lapped on your 999th Grand Prix. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot less embarrassing for them, mind you. But yeah, in the end, uh, it's, it's sad to say, but yet another disastrous weekend for Ferrari. We're getting used to this now. Yeah, we, we, we should start a petition each time, you know, Sebastian Vettel has, has a bad race or he, he doesn't, uh, <laughs> or he retires mid-race. He should, you know, hang up his helmet and go sit... Uh, uh, on the commentary oh, booth uh, yeah. for F1 TV because it'll be really exciting to see his view of what's happening at the race. You know, he, like yeah. you know, you all would have seen. He went to the Parabolica yeah. grandstand and he was making comments on, okay, that guy missed the apex, and okay, that you know that car's doing this. So unfortunate the way it's going with Sebastian, but you know, I, I think uh, if Ferrari don't mind it, I, I don't think any one of us should mind exactly. what's happening with Sebastian Vettel. And as much as I would love to see it, I don't want to see Sebastian Vettel as a commentator right now. Not, not, not just yet. Not just when he's in his 30s and I still feel he has a lot to give. That's a debate for later on as well. We've been speaking about this on Pitch the Podium for months about where does Sebastian Vettel go? I don't think that's the most important topic for now, but we shall move down into the midfield where we have more important topics to cover. And he may have finished in P number 13, but it was special to see Kimi Raikkonen, the old man, 40-year-old Kimi Raikkonen, chillax as ever, as chill as he can possibly get, still fighting out for positions. Yeah, shame about the result, but hey, Kimi fighting in Monza, like the good old days. Yes, it was lovely to see him up there fighting with all the young boys. He just didn't have the package. 
<laughs> he just didn't have the package to you know sort of back him uh, back his position up he went backwards uh, you know which uh, is understandable given the the issues that they've all had with the ferrari power units but you know great stuff by kimi again uh, you know with the whole running order being turned around uh, with the just before the red flag offered us uh, exciting racing in the top 10 also i would like to you know mention that nicolas latifi was just about 68 point 68 uh, seconds away from uh, uh, scoring his first uh, points uh, in in formula 1 he finished ahead of george russell which doesn't happen as regularly but uh, all in all uh, another exciting uh, midfield uh, you know battle that came up this time the midfield of course became the the top of the, the field top, yeah Uh, you know for the second half of the race exactly drama everywhere and if you're wondering and if you haven't watched the race yet and i know i didn't as well but uh, we we aren't speaking about max verstappen as much because he retired with the problem as well alex albon got bogged down with that penalty ended up recovering decently enough so red bull also were out of the contention but can all just before we wrap all this up and i know it's been a long and lovely one any other standout driver that you have in mind from this race weekend we've already mentioned the likes of norris and pierre gasly of course and then carlos sainz in paris as well but if if you had to pick any other driver that you would nominate for this one who would it be because there were quite quite a few unsung heroes from this one i suppose i uh, yes there were i would pick uh, daniel ricardo you know uh, mm. uh we we spoke about uh-huh. him in in the race uh, preview that you know he needs to he gets one chance and he delivers he did the same thing in qualifying in the race let's remember lots of variables that came came into play so no point judging uh the eventual result of mm. uh, you know sixth which actually is not too bad you know uh, yeah. for for renault but uh, you know i think the renaults in itself uh, had had a decent result they're going to be renamed as alpine alpine that's, yeah that's the english pronunciation at least for 2021 so you know uh, fantastic uh, to to see daniel uh, you know be pulling it off uh, yet another weekend absolutely and hopefully they name their car the alpine a110 next year because that one that that is a little gem of a car i really love the way it looks but on the whole canal lovely weekend here again renault doing their best mclaren getting 30 points racing point getting a podium once again they will be a bit bitterly disappointed mercedes faltering and pierre gasly winning in the end so if you had to choose one word to round it off and i think this is going to be the last question that we have here for today what would that one word be it's it's pandemonium for me frankly <laughs> i would say uh, uh i probably do a word play you know which a uh, uh, great result but an okay race that's where i would yeah, put yeah yeah the you know the variables at play is what made the race great not the racing per exactly, se yeah. in itself you know uh, and i mean overall when you look at all the 53 laps you know somebody listening and saying hey lap 43 to 53 was brilliant or 33 to 53 was brilliant yes it was yeah. but you know i'm talking of the overall uh, racing that happened but one standout thing somewhere before we mm-hmm. go was for the first time you know the drs wasn't as overpowering in monza yeah you know where the driver that was defending or being followed wasn't just a sitting duck uh, you know the driver was able to uh, sort of rely on defense to to still keep position and in a way i'm glad that pierre gasly won uh, the race uh, and he didn't lose the lead to carlos sainz on the last lap thanks to drs exactly that would have been such a big shame right but it's good to see that it's good to see 
DR is this more artificial overtaking overtaking technique rather being underpowered. But on the whole, Kunal, lovely weekend. I, I, I know both of us were buzzing. We were struggling to find our words, at least I was, before we had this chat, before we started <laughs> recording this one. But man, ah, that's how you spend your Sunday. That is yes. how you spend your Sunday. You watch, yeah, as you mentioned, not exactly the best of races, but sometimes the result is just too special for you. And this was yet another one of those cases. But on the whole, Kunal, once again, thank you so much for joining me as always. And once again, folks, if you haven't wished Kunal, congratulations. Yet you have to. He's just the father right now. And <laughs> Thanks once if, again, reached, Salman. My pleasure. My pleasure. And if you've reached so far, we know you've enjoyed this one. So why don't you leave a like? Why don't you share this video with your friend, fellow F1 community members? And also, subscribe to Pitch the Podium while you're at it. I'm sure you'll not regret it. Thank you so much for watching, folks. And we shall see you midweek for yet another race, which should be Mugello. Ferrari's 1000 Grand Prix. That should be a fun one. Until then, folks, good night and goodbye. See you guys. Bye-bye. Vermont is a state of endless adventure. Whether from a mountaintop, a secluded lake, a vibrant downtown, or in the music that reverberates through its hills. Knowing we can't all be together in this moment, Vermont tourism is bringing the spirit of the state to you. Introducing Forever Green, a Vermont adventure in music. Bringing local bands and national artists with an affinity for the Green Mountain State directly to you. Join Taj Mahal, Susan Tedeschi, and Derek Trucks, Grace Potter, Lucius, Twiddle, Noah Kahan, Nico Case, and many more. The adventure kicks off December 26th and continues into 2021 with five episodes all streamed live. For the full lineup and dates, head to forevergreenvt.com. Let Vermont be your holiday season soundtrack, your opera ski jam session, or the relaxing vibe your downtime deserves. That's forevergreenvt.com.